Listen up, Gotham. This is Batman. Tune into the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warmhands. And if you don't, I'll be coming for you. Hey, everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic podcast. Now, as promised, I got the whole gang back together this time. It's myself, Ben Polanski, Evan Vaught. We're doing it. First, I got a shout out. Our sponsor, as always, Radar Toys. You can shop RadarToys.com, get free shipping in the U.S., and then save an extra 10% using the code BATFANPOD when you check out. So go to RadarToys.com and show them some love. Now, we are talking about the animated classic, the spinoff of the legendary animated series starring Kevin Conroy. This is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Stay tuned. All right. After three unsuccessful yet humorous attempts, we're starting the show. Not unsuccessful. <laughs> Productive. Unrelated, I'll say. There you go. I hate any show that's like, today we're doing Mask of the Phantasm. And then like you're fast forwarding and then like 45 minutes they start talking about it. I'm like, God damn. We only got 20 minutes on the subject. You just derailed this intro, too. I already said it on the fucking music thing that I will record in the future, but they will have heard in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Today we're doing Mask of the Phantasm, directed by Eric Radomski and Bruce Timm, story by Alan Burnett. Again, this is just the all-star crew from Batman the Animated Series. Written scene by scene, Alan Burnett, Paul Dini, Martin Pascoe, and Michael Reeves. Starring, of course, Kevin Conroy, Dana Delaney, who we've heard as Lois Lane, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., who we know as Alfred. I don't know if I got the last name there. Hart Botchner, who is the uh, cokehead prick from Die Hard. He was great. Stacy Keach, I recognize from American History X, and uh, he was the dad on Titus. And, he was uh, the warden in Prison Break. Was he? Which is basically a comic book show pretending not to be a comic book show. <laughs> and some guy uh, named Mark Hamill. Music by Shirley Walker. Original music and adapted score, and that yes. deserves mentioning. Yeah, just skip ahead to my prose, okay? Uh, it's um, boring. You don't get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> so this was one of the first times where uh, they don't give you the awesome Elfman intro and like it doesn't matter at all because they take the main theme, the Shirley Walker theme, and give you the fucking operatic treatment. I had chills. Oh my god, yeah. so powerful. Good. Yeah, so good. I mean, it's very clear just from the opening shots of this movie of like we're taking it to another level, guys. I love that there's like early CG in the intro. Yes, it's early on, anyways. But I like that it. Um, imitates the art style anyways. It's super linear with the solid shadows and stuff. Like, yeah, doesn't take anything away from it when you go back to the 2D. Not at all. No, uh-uh. like, sweet. It's just a different take on it. I don't know what they're... Probably just animating it was easier than a crazy... You know, if you had to animate a camera flying through location. a city, that would probably uh, be terrible. Yeah. So I get that that's probably what they were doing. I liked it, though. And it makes it grander. Like, oh, you're watching a feature film. You're not watching the cartoon mm-hmm. on TV. Did anyone see this as a child? That's yes. the only other time I saw this. Yeah. This is the second okay. time I've seen you it. Guys I, think did. I, I think I watched it when it came out. I have no memory of this as a kid, I, other than like you know seeing it on the rack at the store or something. Um, 
And I, I don't know how it just uh, slipped through my fingers. I would occasionally hear someone say like, oh yeah, but the best Batman movie of all time. And I'd be like, this guy's just being contrarian. Like, I well, like Adam West. He's you my elitist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, as someone who has like the whole animated series collection, I never got around to it. A couple years ago, they were doing a, I think it was a 25th anniversary screening at the theater. They do those limited showings. And did you go with me to that? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Because yeah. I've, I've seen 89 and Returns. Oh, and The Killing Joke. Yeah. I got to say, my first taste being on the big screen, that intro really sells it. Yeah. You know, it really does. Man, I, I couldn't believe that I had let that slip through my fingers all these years. I mean, it is practically a perfect movie. Yeah. I mean, I pretty if incredible. I wonder uh, if it would have the same significance to you or if it was okay still that you had that much more experience and appreciation and then you saw it later in life versus having these childhood memories. Not like it would make it suck, but do you think that you liked it even more since you waited so long? I don't know. I mean, it definitely had a pretty profound experience. I was not expecting it to be that much better than... I mean, the, the show is great. I've rewatched the show a dozen times all the way through, you know, and, and it never gets old. But there's also this sort of like, they have to dumb down certain moments because it is a kid's show. It's and not as a, weighty as this movie. There's a yeah. lot of standards and practices sort of just over your shoulder mm -hmm. <laughs> as they're making that whole show. Mm -hmm. And with this one, it wasn't like they're doing some r-rated shit or anything but it has such an emotional weight you know like like For some sure. of those rare episodes of the series did you know like heart of ice or like uh, appointment in crime alley or something i mean you're getting definitely seeing it as an adult i'm able to get everything because when we did returns and 89 you know i had never really looked at those things with a critical lens at all doing this show was kind of the first time I started to really acknowledge some of those flaws. So maybe I would have had that sort of nostalgia for this one. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even think you need but it. But seeing it without that yeah, yeah. shows just objectively, it is as good as it would have been had I grown up with that esteem in my head. Totally. The I only memory I have of it was the reveal of who the phantasm is. Yep. And then the boat at the end, or the ship, and the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, "Is that even in this movie? Did I make that up?" Yeah, <laughs> but so you don't remember where it was at all. It, yeah. yeah, but the fact that it was in the movie tells me that it stood out. I mean, I was, I was like six or seven when this movie came out. Yeah, that that still yeah. stuck with me. That final scene of the movie, I was like, "That it must have worked then too." Had you not seen it as an adult? No, I've only seen it the one time. Oh wow, oh, man, that's, that's great. That was part of my thing. And it, I was happy to watch it with you guys mm. in the theater because it had been so long for me that it was practically new again, other than this retention of the fact that I knew how awesome and how powerful it was. So it was yeah. really cool to be able to watch it with you and how pumped you are afterwards. Like, oh my gosh, this stuff that they did. Yeah, and he's your son and you're watching with him. And you're, getting to <laughs> yeah, watch, yeah. you're getting to watch the Darth Vader reveal yeah. through your son's <laughs> eyes, your son Sam. It was awesome. Um, and then getting to see it on the big screen because I didn't. I don't know if it even was in theaters. Yeah, it, it was a theatrical movie. Minor yeah. Oh, okay. Release, uh, I yeah. don't think I saw it on the big screen then, but I did. Kind of like you, I just I remembered 
portions of it. I remembered who this nameless character ended up being. And I just mostly remembered how intense the whole thing was and like yeah. how emotional it was. And because whereas with the animated series, I just loved it. It was this new art style, but it was still my after school cartoon. Mm -hmm. But then in watching this, all of a sudden it was like, holy shit, they were like really diving in on some stuff and in, in this flashbacks and the lineage and the family stuff and the relationship stuff. And I was like, it felt way more potent to me. Yeah. And there's a couple of things from my childhood that I just kind of recall for some reason, just images in that way, just really lasting things. And most of them are just random cartoons like the secret of Nim or cause that's heavy also. Yeah. Um, or some things that were kind when of morph dies on X-Men <laughs> and it turns out he's just been a slave for years <laughs> later. Oh, anyway. Damn. Spoilers. And I liked watching it again, especially this time, because all those things that I recalled were really just feelings, though. Mm -hmm. They're... Feelings. Yeah, the, you know, the dialogue between Bruce and Andrea was, like, lost to me as yeah. a kid, other than the fact that the boyfriend and girlfriend... Grown-up stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then watching it now... I was just kind of surprised how adult, not just the content, but also the dialogue. Like they weren't dumbing it down for kids. Yeah. The writing was really awesome. It's like were, a genuine relationship. Yeah. They were having legit know. conversations and like real back and forth struggles and stuff. I've been going over uh, a friend of mine, his live recordings, music recordings from about 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And one of the songs in his set is um, As Time Goes By, which is the theme from Casablanca. And his version of it is awesome, and it's been stuck in my head, and it's been making me think about Casablanca like for the past couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And that's a movie I saw for the first time not too long ago. And once you get over the hurdle of it being an old movie and yeah. having kind of dated styling, it's still really, really good. It's classic, and it's a Warner Brothers film just like this one is. And seeing this, they lean on Casablanca really heavily really? in this. And not like in a – the whole thing seems like an homage to it because all the flashbacks, it's like – yeah, Batman's, half the movie is flashbacks. Yeah. yeah, and it's all how those flashbacks and that past relationship that didn't work, that was like the relationship, mm -hmm. how that's affecting the present conflict between mm -hmm. the two of them. That's it's really just, interesting. It's good. I mean, and it feels like, that sounds like such an overstatement, but it feels like Casablanca. Well, no, I, I get it, because another one of those one-day screenings that I went to that was not Batman was Vertigo, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Also and awesome. seeing yeah. that for the first time, I had no idea that my favorite movie of all time had drawn such influence from this movie. I'm like, mm. the whole fucking clock tower, the goddamn score. Yeah. There's so many things about this movie uh, that are wrapped up in the Burton and Elfman treatment. And then I'm like Googling it. And sure enough, like they're talking about it. I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking crazy. And so it's really cool to go see like if when we were teenagers or something and like Eminem comes out and I'm listening to that. And then a few years later you, you hear him talk like, about Eminem is basically just Casablanca. No, no, like, <laughs> but then you hear like him talk about LL Cool J and NWA yeah. and you're like, Oh, that shit, that makes sense. You know, and you put together where it came from. You I really like that, that stuff. All of them. Yeah. I really like that stuff. A I lot. like those discoveries too. When you make them yourself without somebody telling you that stuff, you know, in your example, yeah. that's 
M saying that he gathered a lot of influence from Cool J. Yeah. But if Ben just watches this thing and he's like, holy shit, you know, these self-discovery moments where nobody handed it to you, you yeah. just start drawing those comparisons. Well, that was the Vertigo thing. It was like, yeah. somebody what? was just like, hey, you want to go see this movie? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, trust me, you're, you're going to like it. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, holy shit, it's fucking Batman. I, yeah. I <laughs> that love goddamn it. Alfred Hitchcock. H- yeah, Hitchcock <laughs> is awesome. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of the reveal... That was the one thing that was spoiled for me ahead of time uh, because I collect these little statues oh, from the yeah. animated series. One of the ones is Phantasm pulling off the mask and you see her fucking face and her whole head of hair and everything. And I was like, who the fuck is that? Right? Because I didn't know. She's in the first five minutes of the movie or something flying in and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, cool. that spoils a lot of the tension. There you yeah. go. I mean, Already knowing the twist, but there's that scene where she confronts Batman in her apartment, just kind of jumping around here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought that she knew he was he was Bruce Wayne at that point, and it he it seemed like he sort of thought that too. Mm-hmm. But you don't know, and she's like very gruff and very aggressive towards him. She's like, "Why don't you just get out? Like, I don't want you here anymore." And then she starts crying immediately after that, after he leaves, and she's alone, knowing that she is the villain of this movie or the mm-hmm. antagonist yes. of this movie. Yes just paints that very differently. Or, well, but also they had done the scene, I thought, where... There's a cemetery. See, yeah, where, where Batman sees her in the cemetery, and then she turns and like, well, wait, this is exactly Same like our... Same tombstone. Meet you, yeah. you know, yeah, from so, before. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, so you it's like, think a, that, it's the reveal but. that's not a reveal. I think it puts it in her head, but it, there wasn't this, oh... I don't think he necessarily thought that she knew he was Batman or he was Bruce No, Wayne. I don't think he knew. He just dips out like, ah! <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, wait a minute. Um, one thing I thought when... Wait, hold on. Let's just be clear for the listeners. <laughs> I don't like you and whatever you're going to say. No, uh, I wanted to be clear that so the whole movie... Yeah, that's so nice. We just got to shit on you all the time. <laughs> that's cool. It's because you take it really well. Um, when she comes back around, they're out on the balcony. They seem like maybe they'll get back together because mm-hmm. Bruce is once again having these feelings of, you know, before he was conflicted about whether he hadn't really started doing the Batman stuff when she was in his life. And so he was already thinking about making changes. She skedaddled and he didn't know why. And so he went full-blown Batman. Yeah, kind of pushed him over the edge. Yeah, okay. And now she's back and he's reconsidering stuff again. But then they're out on the balcony talking about making stuff work. And she's like, yeah. daddy doesn't matter anymore. You know, the kind of thoughts that you have when you know the outcome already. Mm-hmm. She already knew what was going on and she was lying. Like, How did she even think that they could make it work anyways if yeah. she knew how that stuff was going to play out? I mean, maybe she just thought she could get away with it. Maybe. Or that yeah. was just the thing to tell him in that moment. Yeah, but it's just sad. I was like, God yeah. damn. Like, it's not as bad as... Um, she dies or something in the yeah. process, but they don't get to be together. And you're seeing this like this gal that that Bruce would have changed his life for and stuff. And there would be no Batman if they would have stayed together. Sure. And you know, he was willing to give up all that stuff and his promises to his parents and everything like that. And then it's, you know, can't work again another time. You know, like God, Yeah, they're guys. both beyond fixing. Yeah. It's freaking sad, man. It is. It's that if you think about the this movie being such a 
significant Batman story. One of the things as I was rewatching it for this was like, you know, are there any little parallels? You know, you could think of a scene like that and apply it to the Dark Knight of like, you know, if there was a time when Gotham no longer needed Batman, you know, that we could be together or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is a different character, so it's a different scenario, but, you know, sure. but she's like, don't make me your only fucking hope to, you know, have a normal life, dude. Yeah. You know, it's just like, don't project all that shit onto me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, as much as I like that movie, this movie is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love those Christopher Nolan movies, but this movie is just really, really good. I think this might be my favorite Batman movie. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's got all the beats. It's an origin story, but they assume you already know who Batman is because everyone already knows who Batman is. So they don't get to the origin stuff until later. And it's just kind of peppered in in the flashbacks. And they you changed it a little bit. They got the proposal in the bats. You know, oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, it's and, kind of a different discovery. And you don't actually see the Wayne's murder. Nope. Yeah. All you How see. How crazy is, that, yeah, uh, yeah. that we're doing this thing that's so strongly rooted in that story has so much to do with their death. Sure. And yet they don't make you watch it again. Yep. But it comes through more than in any of the other things because that yeah. the scene that stuck with me is when he's at his parents' grave and he's like desperately bargaining with them yeah. to yeah. let him not be Batman. He's yeah. not Batman yet, but to let him not be a guy who who's a vigilante. He's like, I didn't know that it would be like this. I didn't As know if they that could, I'd have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. You know? As if they were actually there to like argue against that point. Yeah. Yeah. He's so messed up that that is what he is doing. Yeah. You see that trauma in this more than you do in ones where you literally see them get murdered. And yeah. that's a great him uh, it's tie-in not- to the scene where they first meet in the cemetery because he's like, I thought you were talking to me, Mm -hmm. you know, and they do this little back and forth and she's like, I'm not the only one who talks to my dead relatives, Bruce, you know, and then I call the kettle black. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of cool. Instantly. (laughs) This woman sees ghosts. Instantly (laughs) have the hot (laughs) sword. But like nothing in this movie is by accident. Nothing is wasted. Everything Uh, is connected. You know, all of the mob stuff, all of the relationship stuff. It's, all building towards one conclusion. And I think that's what's so great about it. I give Alan Burnett a lot of credit in this because if you read A Dark Knight by Paul Dini, have you either of you guys read this? Yeah, I have. Yeah, so no. this is his, it's a comic uh, that's, or a, a graphic novel that's about Paul Dini's life at this time when this movie is being made. And I highly recommend it. It's a very interesting story beautiful art it's a very sad traumatic story where he goes through a near-death experience while this movie was being made Mm. and so it was a very bad time in his life and is it night like nighttime a dark night yes exactly okay yeah yeah not not with the k i'm getting it imagery (laughs) and so yeah it's 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 really really good they talk about how you know they had the whole story outline and then you know they're like okay we want you to write you know, these Joker scenes, because that's like, you know, your shit, you know. And so it, from the impression I got reading that book is that, you know, Alan Burnett put together this arc and then each of the main writers from the show got to do their scenes on it. So I give Burnett a lot of credit for putting this together because Deanie gets so much of the credit, you know, because he's the fucking heart of ice guy and came up with Harley Quinn together, you know, uh, Bruce Tim and him, you know, I got to give it up for Alan Burnett and I'm, I'm glad he's coming back on the new comic run that they're doing uh, that was based on this universe. Did you guys hear about that? Is the art going to be this simple? Uh, it's similar. It's, it's, it's a little different, but it's similar from the 
teaser stuff that I saw. I kind of ever lo- seen Teen Titans Go? Yeah, it's gonna look like that. That's cool. It'll be very chibi anime style. You know that guy Dan Hip. I like when you have some creators who kind of pass the torch. They created a universe like like Mike Mignola or some some of these manga creators who have done a whole series like the guy who did Naruto, but then they'll want to make something afterwards, but they're like, I'm not going to draw this anymore because that's too much. I have money and I want to make a show about dolphins. Yeah, so they'll, to- they'll write a thing and they'll get somebody else with a similar style to draw it. I think it's the same kind of thing. Like It, it would seem weird to me if they set it in this universe and then the art style wasn't similar. Yeah, it, it wouldn't like, work. Yeah, it's super detailed. They do that kind of stuff with Hellboy where they'll make all these other short stories and compile them, but a lot of the artists just have similar art styles or whatever, so it kind of jives. Yeah. That was actually one thing in the one of the books that we're going to talk about later is when don't they point at me. change <laughs> when they well I gave you my book you pointed with last time you were here yeah don't but, flop that thing at me but when uh, they change art teams like in the middle of something you know, it can be a little jarring or when you know? like there's a one shot incorporated into the story and the one shot's done by somebody else <laughs> yeah and you're like what happened that, yeah where did we go that bums me out I've read a couple of things I'm only there pretty much for the artist or something mm-hmm. and it turns out they drew half the issues yeah dope <laughs> I actually don't care about this story you were saying this story was so full of backstory and it's really jam-packed with stuff just not a wasted page no and it's know. awesome because it isn't um it doesn't move too fast it's not trying to squeeze too much stuff in and it's also not even long it's not it's not a three-hour movie just full of story it's amazing because to get this much story in like a hollywood movie it Mm. would have to be a two and a half hour movie because there's always so much Mm. extra well they exercise a lot of restraint with the action scenes because the action scenes are choreographed really well Mm. yeah again which is the benefit of animation but they're just so to the point when but like the stuff in the beginning the first scene where he busts through the window or whatever and then the guy is been hit with the table and he's reaching for the gun. He doesn't kick the gun. He just steps on the table. You know, <laughs> just little things that are very Batman, very effective. They don't have a whole nother fight with the guy. It doesn't carry on for 15 minutes. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anything. There's the he's scene a in thug. there. It's in not all the f- about the fights. No, there's a scene in the flashback where they're on the date and they the bikers are attacking the street peddler. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. jumps in and like the the shot we get to show you who Bruce Wayne is, mm. and what he can do, is him choosing to run in and fight them. Mm-hmm. And then the guy in the motorcycle is coming right at him, and we just get the beautiful shot of him the running Superman up punch. the <laughs> front of the motorcycle and kicking him off. That seems it's like... It's not eight minutes long. It's not. It's like two minutes, and it's, yeah. it sells him. The guy they're hassling is located near a bridge standing in the middle of the road with a table and a cash box. You gotta get eyes on your yeah, merchandise. I was like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> I, like, he, didn't, he didn't even look like he had a wares. He just had a table and a box with stuff in it. I got the impression that he was like gambling or something or selling jewelry or something. It looked like selling know. jewelry, yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't if, see any... But if he puts it all in the box, I didn't the see any merchandise. Um, he, he threw a watch. In the, oh, but it yeah, could have yeah, been yeah. gambling, I guess, oh. the things he got winning. Yeah, like shell game or something like that, or, or shell game. You know, that's what they play games or something. You know, <laughs> the motorcycle thing seemed like Akira inspired to me. 
because they have the whole clown motorcycle gang. The guy swinging a chain Take our while word for riding it. a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. That's very bad. I don't, man, I, this, watching this movie makes me want to watch more of the animated series now because I didn't realize how many things they were sort of pulling from Japanese animation. Whatever you have your like fixed image and then you do the streaky colored background mm-hmm. you know, to show motion. Mushing. <laughs> um, they did a lot of that stuff, and I don't think I noticed it before. And I, I don't know if they also employed that in the animated series too, or if they were just busting that out in this. I think there's some of it in the animated series, but this movie definitely the the animation has stepped up, and it yeah. wasn't bad in the show. But I mean, like this is it's truly the, cinematic. It's the, it's the really good version of that. Yeah. Also, the, the depth of everything, the scale of the city. It made me wonder about the amount of painted like cells or painted backgrounds in this because there's just a ton of it. It's like it's like watching Samurai Jack or something where uh, every background is a painting. I yeah. was like, God, and it's all got the really flat colors and kind of the spackle texture mm-hmm. look to it and stuff. And the crazy thing is that this came out in like '92 when they're doing 60 episodes of the yeah. first season. I Balls mean, deep. so it's the same team. Well, there's like a huge team of Korean animators who worked on this movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, in terms of animation, they, when I listened to uh, the Batman the Animated Series show podcast with Sean Murphy, and uh, it's been a while, the show's been off the air, uh, Clay Face. Aiken. Clay Aiken. Face, <laughs> yeah, yeah. With uh, Sean Murphy and Clay Face, they talk about how, like, oh yeah, this this one they used a you know better animation studio, or like you know this one they slacked in these scenes, but it's because of the animation at the end, you know. And so like, hmm. it's such a huge undertaking that I don't know if this was like sourced through multiple places or what, because it seems like that's how the show had to be built mm-hmm. to crank out that much content. Usually they're working on in multiple a short time. episodes at a time, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I really don't know if that approach was landed then to the film or if they were just like, well, let's give these guys the movie and then we'll split up the show between these guys Mm -hmm. over here. You know, Mm -hmm. I I really don't know. In the Ninja Turtles episode, we talked about consistency and variation in animation and in different things. And this movie is like the best version of that Mm -hmm. where it looks just as awesome the entire time. Yeah, it like, looks yep. so good. Part of it is just the character art is simple in the first place and the colors are flat, but then with the backgrounds and all the paintings and stuff, but there's nothing that looks more good than any other part of it. It all yeah. just... Well, like you said, like the texture, the spackled look of everything, yeah. it's there in the entire movie. Yeah. That's complaints people had about whatever the second or third animated series was, is that it looked too flat and too simple even though the animation was very similar. Yeah, I actually don't have any of the seasons from when everything was redesigned and like stuff. New adventures yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I never watched that. <laughs> Another thing this movie does really well, it has consistent Batman humor. You know, it's just got really good one-liners. I mean, even from the beginning of like the councilman comes up to Bruce at that party. He's got all the girls around him and he's like, mm-hmm. you know, what happened to that fucking, you know, I'm going to bring up your fiance left you, yeah. you know, like as, as you get a drink thrown in your face, you know, and it's like, here's a handkerchief. It's like, Oh, thanks. You know where you can stick it, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Conroy, uh, I give him so much credit for this movie because he plays Bruce Wayne really, really well. Yeah. That, that, with that humor and that lightheartedness and kind of 
just he does the balance between them because it, it really made me think of him like which is the real one because the bruce wayne seems pretty realistic the jokes so when he puts on the costume mm-hmm. and only talks like batman is that an act or is the well, goofy making jokes the act well i think that's always been the case but you do you see little cracks in the bruce wayne in the film that you don't see on the show mm-hmm. so on the show it is a bit more manufactured sort of face and in this you know you, he wouldn't say that on the show you know there's more emotional scenes with him where you're actually seeing his inner workings and not just the facade while he's bruce which the i think is significant of, uh, his relationship when he's talking to alfred i don't remember what he said but like when she's getting in the car he's like i don't know should i even be doing this yeah and Alfred's like yeah dude go for it that's great mm-hmm. like uh, having that kind of doubt which you don't normally see in him yeah Alfred has that good line. Bruce, I can't remember who Bruce is talking about, but Alfred gets a little jabby at him and says something about, well, you're the very model of sanity. Oh, yeah. I've, I washed your tights and your fucking gas grenades uh-huh. is what he follows that with. Yeah. There's one I loved, which is when he said, and I'm going to be back later. And he's like, oh, because I know where you'll be going after that. As in, he's going to go on a, he's going to go see uh, his love. Mm-hmm. And Batman's like, you think you know me so well, like a little kid. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, Alfred's like, He's well, so I did lie. diaper your ass. Yeah, yeah. And then Batman's like, well, you don't know me. <laughs> Gets in the car and drives off. <laughs> yeah, their relationship is perfect. I like that in the animated stuff, the young version of Alfred oh, is Oh, the only- animated scene? <laughs> I remember oh. that. Yeah. Like, like, it was, I thought it was cool, like Kill Bill, they did that one animated scene. You are that a piece of That is really garbage. cool, actually. <laughs> I can't believe you're giving him a hard time. I meant all the animated stuff. The only thing they have to do is just change the color of the hair on his head. Otherwise, he looks exactly the same. He It goes from like white balding on the top to black balding on the top. And that's yeah. it. Like, oh, this is a flashback. Well, <laughs> some of us lost all of our hair at a young age. and um... Holler! <laughs> uh, I want to go into some Easter eggs. What do you guys think? Mm, I got a lot. I Go quit, for it. I, I wrote a bunch of stuff, and I feel like we've only talked about some of it. Yeah, I, I'm I've, okay because we hit on them. I have a quick the question of this movie. In the beginning, you have the Phantom character. Phantasm. Oh my god, you're fired. Phantomasm <laughs> character. Captain Phasma. Captain Phantasmasma. Wow. Takes out the one bad guy. The introduction to the female character. Mm-hmm. Arthur has the phone conversation with her and yeah. she's on a plane and it makes me confused about the timeline because it's after that. And so I'm like, how are you already beat the mob guy and now you're in transit to Gotham after already defeating him? It's a brilliant misdirect, but it also makes me think like, did you fly back and turn, like, did you take <laughs> yeah, she three went, flights? She I went think, into town and went back come out here, of town go and back then and then back. come back again. I think they mentioned something about that later. It's like, oh, you got here early as a misdirect. Oh. But because we're the audience, I don't know why we need to see her flying in. I guess because other people see her land or something. I don't know. I mm-hmm. thought it was uh, fine. It didn't bother me. No, I was, it crossed my mind of like, well, wait, does that mean she flew here, flew back, and flew again? You know, because she could have faked that call being somewhere else. But like, yeah, I'm on the plane now. <laughs> you know, hold, hold the blow dryer. That's a baby crying. <laughs> you know, hold the blow dryer in the bathroom or whatever. This jerk's practicing the trumpet in the back. <laughs> That's almost like the kind of thing that, like, when they fucking uh, when, when they show the reveal like late in the movie or something or on the TV series, you know, then they'll like do a flashback that shows these events 
being lies, you know, and they'll, they'll like oh, yeah. peel back the pull back the curtain a little bit. You know, they could have done something like that if they hadn't shown that she was actually on a plane. Yeah, you know, they could have showed that she was faking the plane or faking a couple of things. Well, you know? what would have been she, the point? Because only we can see it, so it would have been weird. She must have been on the plane. I just I meant like if fake. like if he found out or something like that. You know, yeah, she could have been anywhere really. She has a plane set. In her house, <laughs> she's just sitting. It's at actually the just a window yeah. with like a moving background. So I use this for Instagram. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna get some Easter eggs. There's a newspaper headline that says Radomsky, the name of the director, uh, co-director, on the Batcave computer. The names O'Neill and Adams are used. They say. Denny Way on one of the police scanners for the, the other, skateboarder for the listeners and me who O'Neill and Adams. Oh, Denny O'Neill. Uh, it's like a, uh, he was an editor and a writer in the time of like the Nightfall okay. story stuff like that. That era, early nineties. Um, Neil Adams, of course, being one of the more renowned um, Batman artists from I think even seventies to this day. Mm. They mention uh, crime on the police scanner was on Danny Way, which again, Danny O'Neill. Rooftop fight, where they're facing off for the first time together. They recreate the close-up eye squint yes. that was on the intro mm -hmm. of the animated series. I'm like, yes, that's so great. You could never do that in a live action anything. It would just, like, yeah. why is this guy squinting? But I, I, I love that you could, in a lot of those, it's a painted head. And then it's only the eyeballs that are animated. Mm -hmm. It's just so funny. Watching this made me really wish there was a good way to do that in live action movies. White eyes that moved. Mm -hmm. It didn't look fake. Yeah. I follow some oh, cosplayers that do the like white eye thing. How does and it look? It's kind of a mixed bag. Sort of depends on the lighting. Mm. A lot of times it's like a meshy sort of thing that they could still sort of see through and it doesn't quite work for me but didn't they do Never. something like that in some of the newest spider-man stuff oh no deadpool in deadpool they animate his eyes yes. to give him more expression yeah, they, that's they true could, they could do something like that's that. that's true yeah i like that a lot yeah i think the closest uh, we ever Seven got Vaughan. to that copyright <laughs> <laughs> patent pending idea i think the closest we ever got was uh in the dark knight when he's done the sonar idea he's trying to catch the joker and they've got the uh you know, the clowns and the doctors and the SWAT teams rolling in. Fox, show me the, you know, whatever. And so his <laughs> eyes light up white as he's seeing the sonar view of where he's at. Yeah, he should look like that all the time. <laughs> glass lenses over his face. Eh, so he can know. get shards of glass in his eyes because yeah. he's getting punched in the face <laughs> constantly. Uh, okay, a couple more uh, little references here. In the uh, fight with the Joker at the World's Fair, and they're going through the the miniatures. There's a miniature Warner Brothers studio yes, um, that they walk by. There's a giant, like futuristic spacesuit thing at the World's Fair that is exactly Mr. Freeze's suit. Mm -hmm. Like it has all the same like knee pads and elbow pads sort of thing that he has built in They're his suit. They're inflatable you know? donuts around his elbows. Yeah, yeah. It has like all those sort of things on it, and it just it looks exactly like. The Mr. Freeze suit, which I, I like was great. the Batmobile in the 
World Fair flashback. Yes. Like, that's where the idea comes from. Fucking sick ass car. Yeah, what damn. was that? No, I'm just thinking about. <laughs> Yo, bitch, this is dope. <laughs> what? No, Nothing. Everything in the World Fair I like a lot, and this is something they do in a lot of Batman stuff, but really struck with this that idea of in the past, they were very hopeful for the future of the yeah. city. Yeah. And that in the present, we're always seeing those things like the World's Fair or the Carnival or the Graveyard or anything, things that used to be hopeful for the future and now are run down and just broken, mm. and which is the city itself. It's like supposed to be the greatest city on earth and it's everyone hates it and it sucks. Yeah. I also like that in the past, people thought that in the 2000-somethings, we'd have floating houses and you know hover cars Jetsons and stuff. shit. Yeah, and so when they're making this movie, they know that that's not really how stuff ended up going, mm -hmm. but they're creating something set in the past. Again, yes. again, imagining what the future might be like, and it is a bunch of jets and stuff with robot dogs and things like that. So, okay, let's, we know that this didn't actually end up going down like this, but we're going to create, which is cool because you have this whole like art deco world, and then this is their art deco future imaginings. Yeah. We're not going to have robot housekeepers like they thought. Joker was right. We're going to have robot sex bots. Because that's what he's using that housekeeper for. Yeah, I know. When and he, when he pulled accurate. a chunk off her butt, I was like, is he hitting that? in the mood? Yeah, I, I love the little jokes where he like pinches her cheek and it comes off and he's like, ooh, and then he puts it in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> later, you know? Put that in my skin box. Just that little shit. <laughs> Save me from myself. All that shit is just perfect. It's one of the best Joker portrayals. Actually, that was my last Easter egg was that the way Robot sex. that he's not the main <laughs> villain of the story. And the mob is sort of the victim of the main villain. Mm -hmm. And so what you get is this Valestra character coming to Joker, hiring him to kill the bat, mm -hmm. which is the whole premise of the fucking Dark Knight. So I thought that was uh, a nice little parallel as well. The yeah, villain of this movie is the friends we made along the way. Is the true villain. love. Love is evil. <laughs> that's the truth of it, though. Not what I said, what you said. And th not that it's evil, but like that's the thing that haunts them mm. is the fact that they're fucked and that they can't go back. Just pursue your passions. My passion is hurting criminals. Yeah, punch them. Love some robots um, along the way. <laughs> uh, Mark Hamill gets credit. He's the best. In a movie that has a lot of great actors, great performances, he's the best. He's really, really good. And it's partially the writing. They wrote him so well. He doesn't. My least favorite Joker is an Edge Lord Joker, which a lot of stuff, especially modern stuff, dips into. Like, yeah, I've killed my mother. I'm the Joker. Like, he's just a weirdo. Yeah. And the way you see him in the flashbacks, the thing that I've complained about is when the story is too tied together. Like, oh, it was Joker the whole time. He mm -hmm. wasn't. Mm -hmm. That's usually dumb, but this was perfect. He hardly says anything, he's creepy and menacing. But he's not the main bad guy in the past. He's just there on the edges. And somehow he looks exactly like him without, like, without the makeup. You don't notice really yeah. until yeah. later. I but think you they know, count on the that. fact yeah. that fucking nose. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think they just count on the fact that they don't cast any light on that guy, and so therefore you just glance past him. You yeah. Know? Andrea is walking in the door. You're not looking at the goon leaning against the yeah, pillar. You know? Yeah, he's just catcalling, you know, he's just being stupid or whatever. That's it. And it just becomes another one of those awesome reveals. Like it's not even the main story. I mean, it's totally tied together with it, but it just becomes a 
part of the thing that makes it so intricate. That's actually kind of interesting too. If you think about, I, I hadn't really considered this film as representing Joker's origin, origin. because it's such an aside, but mm -hmm. it really does. I mean, like I commonly see people be like, fuck Jared Leto, you know, Joker's not supposed to be a gangster. And I'm like, Jack Napier or the animated series, you know, and then he's not you, a gangster gangster. Then you look at this too. And it like cements that a little bit more mm -hmm. as yeah, that's what we're drawing from. It's cool too, because sort of like with Batman, we don't get his parents death. Mm -hmm. We don't need it. You see the after effects. We also don't have him having any kind of coming to the light. I'm Batman moment. Same thing with the Joker. You only get... Well, I mean, we sort of... It's not the bat to the window, but we do have the sure. the Alfred, my God, you know, the first suit-up oh, sort of yeah, sequence. Yeah, which is... That's Joker. I forgot about that's that. That's wonderful. That's freaking awesome, actually. <laughs> I like that he's all scared. Um, but with the Joker, you you still don't get what turns him into the Joker. He's so what happened between... Acid. Yeah, what happens between it's then like, and you now? You know no all idea. that. We don't need to give that to sure. you again. He you just, know? He, but he had mob ties and he must have been muscle and he was a uh, you know he was a scary bad dude already yeah and then there was an explosion at the cosmetics factory <laughs> that contrast between him and actually the it was just a sale, <laughs> a sale. yeah he, he just went, yeah he's actually the exact same he's person like, he just, i can be my true self <laughs> now <laughs> that in the past he talks so infrequently or when he's leaving the scene of her father's murder mm -hmm. and he's just got the apple and she's like, what did you do? Or no, and, and he doesn't say anything. Yeah. And that's so different from who he becomes because yeah. normally he doesn't shut the fuck up. Yeah. He's always talking and always rambling. And so even though he was a terrible, terrible person in the past, he's not the Joker. Mm -hmm. He's not that yet. Yeah. Whatever makes him that, this is not that person. Yeah. That's cool. It's like the violence was never a problem. <laughs> I just was so introverted. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't happy back then. <laughs> Couldn't express myself. It's cool too that while Joker isn't the main villain, it's cool that he sort of takes over at some point. You know, the Phantasm doesn't even take out Sal. They don't get to. Yeah. Joker's yeah. just like, I just hijacked this shit. And all of a sudden, it's mine. That, that was just a great turn, too. Of yeah. Like, you know, given the whole speech of like, the you're an angel of death. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you're not Batman. Like, that's pretty great. Like, how often do you get to see a villain who's got this very, like... <laughs> Floated in on I mean, smoke. <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned Vader earlier, but has this very, like you know, epic quality about them doing their Ooh. thing and then like, whoops. Oh, this was the answering machine the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I have what? to jump out the window to not die now. You know, that that's pretty great. Batsuit? I liked it. I didn't have strong thoughts. We've just never it. talked about the animated series Batsuit on this show. It kind of seems like a, a starting point. So you talk about things in relation to a Batsuit like this, which is just the Batsuit. Yeah. I still think it's one of the greatest designs. It's big, menacing. Seems all. the most flexible. Yeah, true. I um, think the one thing I do like about this one is that they start giving him some tech. His suit mm -hmm. looks just as simple as anything else, though the way that the stuff is drawn, everybody's got this like triangle body going on. You know, how did, she, and how did she pull off that outfit? Because she takes the cowl off to reveal and her body completely changes. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that when the animated series comes around, then he's got 
his belt doesn't look like pouches. It looks like it's made of metal and it has cool compartments. And now he's got his grappling gun and all this stuff. And I mean, I think the belt is very much like the 89 belt, you know, because a lot, a lot of this, keep in mind, it was built on the shoulders of that. Oh, yeah. You know, in terms of design and sound and stuff. I love how the punches sound in this. <laughs> it's all super impactful. There's a, a scene of Batman spying on Andrea when she gets to the city and she's out at dinner with Arthur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting on a skyscraper across the way. And again, this this city seems huge and it's really adds to the effect of a guy who can manage to jump around from skyscraper to skyscraper, mm-hmm. uh, how hard that would be mm-hmm. on any city, especially a gigantic city. But he's sitting across the way spying on them with binoculars, but he's in like range to be seen by them. If anyone yes. looked left, you mm-hmm. just see a guy yeah. sitting over there spying on them eating. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> he's like a uh, jealous ex He has to do one of those whole like... Like no Pretend way to like go. He was doing something uh, else yeah, on the yeah. well, Tying my shoes. <laughs> Perfect segue to the uh, detective question: the Batman trifecta. <laughs> he is um, not a ninja in this. So he is really visible. <laughs> could be slightly more stealthy. He's yeah, very he, detective. He is sitting right outside your restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I think really the the only thing that gets him, and this is sort of like, you know, when. We were talking about Batman Returns. He first faces off with Catwoman. He's sort of getting his ass kicked, but it's not because he's been bested here. He's just like really drawn into this person. He's caught off guard. Yeah, Yeah. and, and so like once he starts fighting, he wins. But when it comes to this whole story, like he's too close to it to see the truth, you know, until way late. And I think that that, Again, everything about this story plays off of his humanity, you know, and his vulnerability. This is not the impervious, can do anything Batman. Although it is a step up from some of the animated episodes. Random goon number four punches him in the stomach once and he goes, oh, and passes out. Yeah, and then like the fucking penguin ties him up or something. Like, how did that happen? You know, this movie has what? The Michael Keaton movies needed, which is a scene of Batman practicing jujitsu in the yard. For sure. Oh my God, that scene was so good. Yeah, I want and one scene of Michael Keaton ninja. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That scene was so good where she fucking shows up and like, well, I did a little self defense training myself. His way of flirting back is to take her legs out from under her. I was like, this could never happen in live action because she would hit her fucking head and you would see how violent an act that actually was. <laughs> not hot. Assault. Yeah, yeah. She did not brace herself. She fucking hit the ground. <laughs> yeah, he's messed up. Yeah. Uh, detective, though, there was one thing early on in the movie where he says some science mumbo-jumbo, which is sort of a cop-out, but I'm okay because that's how Star Trek works. That's why Star Trek feels more science than Star Wars. Because people are just saying sciencey shit. Mm. <laughs> it's made up, but it still works. And so Batman's looking at the screen and he's like, I wrote it down because it was not something that I would He remembered. has the, the, some the kind of glass with a substance on yeah, it. Yeah, some yes. kind of dense, long-chained, macromolecular polymer. And Alfred's <laughs> like, okay. All right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that works. He, this guy seems smart. Yeah. It's like, it's just the gas residue, man. <laughs> I think... I he think says residue multiple times. wasn't yeah, the weapon movie. or anything. <laughs> It's just my bat residue. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like that fucking Chappelle show <laughs> when they do the trading spouses bit. And he's like digging through this lady's dresser. And he holds up the bra and goes, 
titty residue. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool that Batman doesn't seem to know what's going on in any of this, which makes me feel like as an audience member, I'm also really caught off guard. It's not that he's not a good detective, but as far as he knows, his lady love is just out of his life. She just booked it. He's got nothing else except sadness and no reason to think that she's back or she might be this super awesome looking villain. It's just her dad <laughs> must be. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at one point he draws the logical conclusion yeah. of like, oh, okay, I, I see. Because your shoulders are way smaller than that. Yeah. It can't be you in that costume. Yeah. yeah. You got football pads in there? I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> <laughs> I got this sweet smoke machine and I slide in on a skateboard and you can't tell so it looks like I'm floating towards <laughs> you. I think it's the scene where you were talking about earlier where um, Batman's at her apartment and she just has this good burn line where she says, the way I see it, the only one controlled by his parents is you. Yeah. Which made like, me think I was like, like damn! He's like, fuck. Yeah, that had to be the giveaway that she knew he was Bruce Wayne. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Yeah, that's true. I think in terms of the fighting stuff, that flashback where, you know, the kind of Batman Begins sequence where he just goes in a ski mask, he displays some better fighting there than we see on a lot of mm-hmm. the animated series or a lot of Batman stuff Mm -hmm. yeah I think that that scene was really really well done and and we also see him like you were talking about his gadgets and stuff I mean one of the more clever things was like drawing their fire by hoisting his uh, cape and cowl on the sawhorse that was awesome yeah Yeah. like out at them so he can escape you know that shit is super risky but when you're backed into the corner Mm -hmm. it's like okay we got to get fucking creative here and you know that that's some great batman shit of like who the fuck would think well yeah if i just sacrifice my identity possibly Mm -hmm. and throw this shit at them when it'll buy me time to get away to jump off this building (laughs) and if she hadn't been there i mean she knows how that would have played out when he goes back to the apartment and joker sends that clown missile in there he he reacts really quickly that was so cool it's awesome he thinks it's better to like i I need to blow this up in advance by chucking a battering at it then he doesn't even try to like jump out the window that's what it would have been he would have just jumped away yeah he's just like (laughs) just chuck it it's awesome yeah that was really he he thinks fast trauma that's the other yeah yep leg of the stool of batman he just seems stool he seems legit Ugh. sad in this stuff too. Yeah. He's not. He's not like an angry dude. I didn't really think it came up in this movie. It was his trauma. <laughs> was that, was he's that, fucking with you again. Was that or a, me? I like it. <laughs> I didn't have any notes under this part. Uh, yeah, again, that talking to his parents' grave, talking desperately, bargaining with his dead parents to release him from the vow of yeah. not having a life and just fighting criminals. Yeah, I thought they really could have done more with the yeah. trauma He's thing. Su- I think it's cool that um, that they don't touch on the other stuff so much. Not You get where his motivation to be Batman comes from, but they don't talk a bunch about his parents' death. I bet he misses them, but it's really all about his like conflict with the character and with love and his... what he gave up to be Batman. Yeah, yeah totally. exactly. He the just sacrifice. feels, ve- he just feels very torn instead. Like, damn. And you, and I feel like you're really seeing a lot of it too. He does. He's not like, rather than, um, you could have a scene where a guy punches a wall 
and you're like, shit, he's mad. Or <laughs> you or you have like legitimate, desperate, pouring out your soul dialogue, and that's what you get in this instead. Like yeah. this is a bunch of real honest stuff. Yeah. You're really struggling. I'm really feeling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that stuff's great because I've been with my wife for Oh god, here we years. go with the wife again. And I always felt like do I always bring this up? Constantly. And I all I always still on the inside, but growing up too, had this feeling of like that's not gonna happen for you. That's not on the table. You know, you like you follow your path, you mm. know. And uh it, you know, that path was music. But like I very much relate to the idea of of him being like this what is this was not in the cards. This is happening? Mm -hmm. Seriously? You know? Weighing the options of like, this is fucking major enough that I'm going to divert my entire life plan here. Well, you he know? says, I, give me some kind of sign. And she's like, I think they already did. Mm -hmm. It's me. Yeah. And then and maybe they sent me. You know? And then two minutes later, a bunch of bats fly out of the ground. And he's like, oh, that was the sign. Bats <laughs> flying out of the ground. Yeah. So... I, I I don't know. I just really like that. I mean, a lot of the reason I like Batman stuff is that, you know, emotional core, the whole, a lot of the loner stuff, the stubbornness. That's what makes him interesting. Hits home for Otherwise, me. he's just another hero who goes around beating people up. Yeah, because all people who beat others are heroes. <laughs> Actually, those are the only heroes, people yeah. who beat people. Yeah. Take that, doctors and uh, paramedics. <laughs> contribution is worthless <laughs> see if you watch bringing out your dead by martin scorsese you do see some emts beat the shit out of people who are sick and dying for fun oh. just throwing that out there who is this hmm. martin scorsese <laughs> um starring a up-and-comer named nicholas cage nicholas cage it's c-a-g-e <sighs> not k-a-g-e yeah, yeah. evan you dolt Okay, C pros. A G E. I just think we probably didn't even need to do this whole review. We could have just shown that clip of Cisco and Ebert talking about how cool this movie is. <laughs> That's true. That's a good. That's clip. my pros. Is it's just this whole movie is great. It's Can really I good. throw out one thing here? I watched uh, Lethal Weapon three last night. I've been rewatching these movies, and it also came out in ninety two. And I thought, man, just off the top of my head, you get fucking Rene Russo kicking five guys asses at one time you got the phantasm and you've got michelle pfeiffer catwoman i'm like that was a pretty good year for badass women on the big screen mm -hmm. you know who knows what else i'm missing but just off the things i've recently watched i'm like damn i'm sure that somebody's done it but it would be really awesome to see a lady cosplay as this character sometime yeah i don't see no one has the that. shoulders for it it doesn't work yeah but that's but they don't that's true, but in, in, in reality, but in rea you wouldn't anyway. Though you have to be a dude. You find a defensive tackle. Who, yeah, but I think it'd be cosplay as yeah, but it'd be yeah, but it's not. And then he could go with his with his wife, and she's dressed as Andrea Beaumont. She's on his shoulders, and then she takes the mask. That's off. a piggyback <laughs> costume. So like a Quato and a yeah. Total Recall. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of think though that. I like to think that it's more about the impression of stuff again. If this person is kind of another Batman character, it's more like how do people perceive this character? Yeah. Does she 
look like she has four foot wide shoulders or is <laughs> or is it just a really scary thing you know because the dude throws the thing and i mean how does how does the phantasm character phase out into gas yeah. and you know that doesn't actually happen but something is happening it's animated that way to for us sure because that's the way they're seeing it like, sure like you're so saying. same kind of thing it's obviously the the stocky version is a visual misdirect or maybe it's just the way that these characters are perceiving mm-hmm. this thing. It has that kind of presence. Yeah. Turns out it's not a huge dude at all. A small woman. Yeah. But I just think that would be really cool if somebody, especially since this character is so cool looking to me, if somebody did a good real life version of the suit and then turned out it was also a cute girl uh, rocking like it a, underneath. A walking <laughs> spoiler though. I, I'm sure everyone... <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, yeah, just made a face all the other thirty somethings who have never seen this movie before <laughs> will be Superman. So uh, back into prose here. I like just the nature of the Batman story being. It's got the action. It's got the detective mystery element, and it has so much heart in it. It doesn't have a superfluous love interest. It's actually at the heart of the story. It's the yeah. point of the whole you know, thing. Exactly. And I think that is why it works. Another thing I love is that visually they have fi- found story reasons to use all of the different great vehicles. So we have the Batmobile, mm-hmm. the Batwing, the Batcycle. We have everything in play. We have all the gadgets in play that we talked about. You know, so you're... You, it's like they had this giant checklist of what are all the things we love, and they just did it all. You know, but it fits naturally. Yeah, exactly. Never felt shoehorned. I like that he sacrifices the bike to blow up the fan. That's awesome. Yeah, another good move. thinking on your yeah, yeah thinking on your feet. Yes, yeah. A lot of a lot of the things that he does are some kind of sacrifice, some kind of compromise. Hmm. You know, to get past this next obstacle. Mm-hmm. You know? What's a nice version of Batman? It's not that. He is the greatest fighter in the world, mm-hmm. although maybe he is, but it's that he he's one of the best, but he's willing to go the extra distance that no one else would. Yes. He, do, he does what it takes. Yeah. Yes. He's resourceful. He'll do the challenging thing, you know, to, in order to do the right thing. Also, if he is a billionaire, he can just buy another motorcycle. So what does he care? Yeah. And, and uh, another thing I have is just the not just the use of flashbacks being so effective, but also the chemistry between Andy and Bruce is so good. It's so believable. You really forget that you're watching a cartoon. I mean, the, the performances are are great. It feels like a real relationship, like a real couple. Again, nothing ham-fisted about the, the love interest part of the story. It's so elemental, you know, so necessary for... Bruce's development. Um, we talked already about using the World's Fair to show an idealized future and then arriving at that future and showing what it became. You mm-hmm. know, I thought, again, such a great metaphor for everything we know in this world, this Batman world. Regular Earth, too, I think. Yeah, true. Um, the Shirley Walker music was fantastic. I mean... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so powerful. Oh, you transcribed everything, huh? I thought it was just some Jim Carrey gibberish back there. <laughs> you got they did Adam Sandler. They hired him. <laughs> um, I thought that uh, you know, essentially, this is like a a big budget single episode 
It's also short and sweet. We have a mix of new characters and old characters. The new characters and so, fit really well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so if they've... I think there may have even been a mandate that the Joker had to be in it or something like that. Okay, we're using this mob thing. We've got this new love interest. We got whatever, and they're like, "Well, is anybody going to recognize anybody?" I mean, Batman is fucking Batman because of his villains, you know. Classic mm-hmm. iconic Batman villain, Valestra. Yeah, exactly. Polowsko. The guy with the fucking oxygen uh, mask on. Yeah, and so not Bane. Yeah, I think that that was really well done. A great balance. They've got Abe Vigoda as Salvalestro, who was fantastic, I thought. Really, really well cast, you know, when he's pleading with Joker or when he's telling uh, Arthur, the councilman, that, you know, like, okay, I think we're at some real shit here, you know, like, this is starting to get serious. And uh, actually, that was the weirdest line. He's like, let me out here. It's not very healthy in here. I'm like, fucking old bastard's dying. Yeah, uh, yeah but he does say, don't touch me, old man. I don't know where you've been. And I just, <laughs> not so much as like that man's personal history and the CD things he's done, but more of just like an old people in general. I just think that that's Ew. a fun thing to say. Gross. <laughs> and then the last thing in my pros, just in terms of casting, is uh, the guy who plays... Arthur Reeves, Hart Bochner. He did such a great job when they transition from him getting gas and into the hospital bed scene. You believe before you see him that you're hearing Hamill. I was watching the closed caption, so it spoiled it. But it was still pretty because it says Arthur laughs or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And the transition is is so so good. good. And when he is trying to keep his composure and answer questions and whatever, but he's just dying of laughter. I thought that is the best Joker victim we've ever seen in yeah. anything. Yeah, showing the effects of whatever toxin makes people do that. I completely agree. Oh, my God. I and mean, he's just desperate. He doesn't want to be doing it. And when Batman confronts him, and he's like terrified. Yeah. And he's still laughing. I, I Speaking lo- of I, Arthur I, Fleck, I lo- you know. I love that Batman comes in and he's calmed down for a second. And then he just squeaks out this like, oh, no. And yeah, then, yeah. And then it starts him going well, again. He says, uh, he thinks you're involved. Why? I'm mm-hmm. like. That was a great Conroy. Yeah. Do it again. No, I can't. I can only do it once. <laughs> that was so good. But awesome. he. uh I got like the bail Batman there. It's like, oh, the unhinged guy who's yelling at everyone all the yeah, time. That's yeah. him in that moment. I like it. So, coronavirus Batman. <laughs> <laughs> the Libra males <laughs> spit in your face. Uh, any pros. other pros, guys? Um, yeah, just adding to a couple of those. I was going to cite that scene also. I think oh, that the so good. while you were talking, the voice acting in this is so awesome because some of them are people that we we already have – Hamill, you already have Conroy. Okay, cool. But then a, a lot of it just fits so good. This is a wheezy-voiced mobster. Everybody else sounds like a thug somehow. His love interest sounds like a classic movie. She ha- That's her yeah. voice. It, it's like low and smoky and stuff. Like, yeah. man, it, everything about this fits so good. Commissioner Gordon, I think it's the same guy from the series, also deserves a notice. He, he- he's undeniably yeah. the Gordon oh, in my head sure. when I yeah, read yeah. comics. Like, I love his it's voice. Perfect. If I can't if I can't see a person in real life that doesn't have that forehead, nose, mustache, chin <laughs> profile, yeah, then they're not then they're not even Gordon to me. Um, oh, I liked uh, in the 
when Bruce is going out for the first time that we see. I like uh, the, bu- the Bullock's in the car. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's you know like your first. Yeah, it's young your, Bullock. Yeah, in it's the like your visual seat. introduction to Bullock. It's funny. Yep. Um, I was gonna say with the the flashbacks that everything is everything is paced so well and everything comes at all these perfect times and they're so effective but they're so awesome to me that i forget where i was and when it when it comes back to the scene because it never there's never a flashback that flashes back and then comes back to like an advanced part of the story. You're talking if, about some Inception shit now. Sorry. If, <laughs> if, if Bruce goes into, uh, he the leaves. Studying. Yeah, he leaves the party. He goes to his parents. Yes. He starts the flashback. When the scene comes back, he's back in the room and then yes. it moves forward. Yes. But I le- there's multiple times where he goes in the flashback and then when he, and then when it comes back, I'm like, oh yeah, he was standing with his parents' picture because I was so I got so wrapped up in the flashbacks that I was like, yeah. it does the little uh, melty fade out and mm-hmm. then um, and then he's back outside the restaurant spying on him, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and jerking off, yeah, <laughs> in the rain. It's so well done that I'm just crazy engrossed in it, and because the flashbacks take you out of it for a second, but then taking me out of it becomes the thing that has all of my focus, yeah. Yeah. and then I kind of like, like, thank you, Casablanca. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. Mine would just be a shortened version of your stuff. I love the consistency in the artwork. Everything just establishes a quality level and just maintains throughout. It pulls off some things that the animated series wouldn't even do. You know, the fights are more articulated. There's some fancier shots or something. The whole Obviously, porn sequence wouldn't have happened. Oh, for sure. yeah, man. Yeah, they really put a lot of budget into that robot stuff. <laughs> Um, the the <laughs> adult content. Did you just get lost in a different flashback? Yeah, no, uh, no, I went from robot sex to rat written adult story here. Uh, <laughs> it's like made for kids or they knew kids were going to watch it and yet some of this stuff has to have been over their heads at the time. The, the kind of things that they're touching on are just really mature and really advanced. Uh, the pace in which the story moves. You're also seeing just little more blood than normal, like in the final fight and stuff oh, like that. The his, deaths in general. Yeah, it gets his Joker gets his tooth knocked out, and there's yeah. Bl- yeah. one guy dies from having a statue crush him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Might that's not even kill you right yeah, away. Yeah. He could just be in the bottom of that grave, bleeding to death. Yeah. With like internal injuries. And then sure. the other mobsters come up to it, and they're like, "Oh god." You know, I gotta go. You know, I like, like that. Maybe he wasn't dead, and they're like, "That's so heavy. I don't think we can move it." If you make a mo- <laughs> if you make a mobster wince, that's a pretty gnarly scene. Uh, that's true. Um, they they really convey a lot of stuff that that feels really strong and really sticks with you. The way that the whole thing wraps up too, like the closing is awesome. The boat scene. Do you want to be alone? I am. Like wow. <laughs> yeah. What a- I what saw that ending. When did this movie come out? 1992? I believe so. So I would have been five. Again, that that is like the one thing that stands out in my memory. <laughs> it tells you, again, how effective yeah. that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that's I just crazy. remember Sad Lady on a Boat. Yeah. That's my memory of this movie. Yeah. Batman. La- last <laughs> Sad Lady on a Boat. <laughs> <laughs> that's the title of the movie. <laughs> Colon. And cons. 
I don't really have any. Zero cons. I only have two in the attempt to be nitpicky, and that is uh, we sort of touched on the phantasm stuff. I mean, like, you're shooting her in the chest a bunch of times. Yeah. And in a, in a story that is very wrapped up with a bow on it, everything explained, uh, I just wish there was something there. Because if it was a mystic creature type of villain, yeah. you would never have to address that. But I feel like that's the, the one thing that they didn't address. I feel like it so doesn't matter. Because, again, beating her is not the point of the story. She's not the villain. She's not the antagonist. But yeah, just... but the reveal, the, some, something about that should have been in the reveal, oh, I, I think. Oh, wait. I got it. Yeah? <laughs> the, the body that we're seeing, the silhouette is so large, but it's like an extra large shirt that's only being supported by a tiny little frame, so all those bullets just Throw missed her body. I mean, that could very well be. They, just, they just whiffed we've, her. We've talked about like the, the bat symbol on the chest being explained as a way to, to draw a fire because it's reinforced or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, that, they could have put in a line or something that's about like, you know, this enormous thing. Is so people are shooting up here where there's fucking nothing. Uh-huh. You know, no, I like it. It's just um, more the mystery of yeah. She survived and classic kind of Hollywood thing of like she's gone and he doesn't know and she'll never come back and they're done and that's the yeah. end of that part of their lives. So spooky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like when they're um, Joker and Batman are having their fight at the end and they're fighting in the mini city and for just like a minute or so they get to be giant monsters. Yeah, Yeah, they get to be like Godzilla creatures fighting in the city. Oh, and also one thing that kind of a lasting thing in my head is just the shot where the whole place starts to blow up. The girls got Joker by the collar Mm -hmm. and he goes from like being calm and just kind of whatever and everything starts blowing up around him and then he just like quickly starts to lose it really fast and gets really maniacal and it's I mean how many Joker laughs have we heard yeah and then still though there's sometimes we're like dude that just sounds like you were in it that was special yeah and you know (laughs) like the way he he like leans back and his mouth is so open and and the way he sounds and then the the background is like fiery and explosive and stuff and like man he is loving this right now since we did Batman Earth One, I had the picture of Croc surprising Batman as my wallpaper. Mm-hmm. So in the months since then, and after watching this movie, I switched it to the shot of <laughs> Batman from behind looking at the explosion, like coming up out of the water. Yeah, nice. there's another great visual shot. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you have another con? Oh yeah. The only other thing, again, this is minuscule, but like in a very serious, you know, spinoff from the animated series. The jetpack Joker. I loved that so very, much. It is, <laughs> he puts it, on a helmet. It's very, is very like mediocre episode of Batman animated series sort yeah. of gag. That that part, <laughs> I wanted to think that the jetpack was maybe a remnant of Future City, but also yeah, it, probably. It, but it also looked way more pristine than any of the other stuff. No, he brought that. That's his own. Yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> that helmet looked mint. I'm not sure how it was so intact. But I do. I like- just remember seeing those like uh, Kenner figures of like jetpack Joker, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Why?" <laughs> it's funny though. It does look like uh, the past version of a future design of a jetpack. It's funny. It's like I'd- a '60s Batman. Thing. Yeah, I do like the the scene is cool, and I do like them 
you know, Joker is like, this is our only way to get out of here. We could actually leave together and then yeah. fight later or something. And uh, he's like, nope, not happening. We're going to do this. And then I like where it kind of comes to a close and it, the camera follows them like towards the earth globe maybe. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, whoop, out of camera. They go up and out of camera and then, but the camera doesn't follow them. And then they go, boom, and they drop back in screen and, and through the globe is cool. Yeah, there's a lot of cool shots in that final sequence. Rating? I assume Ben will give it a two. A Why one. you eat shit and die? Well, on a scale Planning of one on to it. five, two is actually excellent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Evan. This is going to be my first five. Ben. Yeah, yeah, I'll go to five, two. Same. Five, five, five. The old you Domino's got, medium some, pizza. Uh, hands up here. You want a high five on our triple five, Perfect. Sam? Perfect. Fifteen no. out of fifteen. Damn it! You guys can touch because you're closer. <laughs> That's my excuse to not do it. Whatever. I felt like I was a little harsh on All Star Batman. Oh, even you're, though I'm taking it back. What? I'm not taking it back, but okay. I just felt harsh because it made me second guess what I was going to give this one. Mm. Like I gave oh. that one a two, which. Should this really be a five? But I think so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I love this. It's just a it's a really good movie. When your con section is blank, it yeah, it's yeah, a five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Now, a keen observer might remember the top of the show, I said that we cut some stuff from the beginning of the episode. That's because I wanted to get right into the Batman stuff. But we hadn't got together in a long time. So if you want to hear a little more of us fucking around and uh, kind of arguing, but uh, having a good time, keep listening. And there's a couple more minutes of our original intro of this episode. Now, thank you for anybody who picked up a Bat Fanatic shirt on our website. That pre-order is now closed. Next time, we're coming back in two weeks with the DC black label title, Sean Murphy's White Knight. We're back. Like that one movie with the dinosaurs. The Land Before Time? No, there was one that was like way after our time. Not the mama. Is that what you're talking about? No, not the TV show. But I just vaguely remember it was like an animated thing and like the... The poster said, we're back. It's literally called We're Back. I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> it about. Is? Yeah, it oh, is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I, never I think it was it. actually a book. Oh, okay. Well, I just like to fuck with you. I only, yeah, clearly. I was telling the other day, I was like, we are so bad at texting. I don't understand, like, how you don't understand what the fuck I'm saying all the time. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm just fucking with you. I'm like, I am way too literal in black and white to Sam pick up. Sam thinks it's an accident. Like when Gabe's being sarcastic, I know Gabe's being sarcastic. When you're it, I don't know what it is. It's fucking indecipherable the things you say to me, and I'll like try to explain it again, <laughs> and he'll still pretend not to get it. I'm like, what? This is like if my mom could text or something. Like I don't. I'm not a fan. I want, to, I want to get like six paragraphs from you and then be like, I know, man, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're just like trying to fill the quota. Meanwhile, I'm like, why isn't he responding? <laughs> Is he upset with me? What did I do? Did I make fun of him for being vegan again? I tried not to. I also like to give lately one of my uh, techniques is to give people time to think about the stuff that they say. And hopefully 
<laughs> ra rather than like restating any position or anything or responding in any way, I'll be like, and I'm just going to sit on that one for a little bit. Also, I don't oh, want to just... that's a dick move. No, it's not. It's, it's, yes. It's, no, it's not. Yes. He said it isn't. It's no. not. <laughs> if we were speaking right now, that's what I consider a text conversation to be. If I'm like, I got to go to bed, I'll say, I got to go to bed. But if I'm texting you at like 8 o'clock at night, I haven't even had dinner yet. I know we're on different schedules, but I'll be like, I'll say something and then it'll be like maybe some kind of joke or something and then you won't say anything and I'm like, okay, is this him doing this again or is this him, oh, I went to sleep and didn't tell you? It'd be like, oh, I'm just going to go to the store while you're looking at my empty chair talking to me. You think this, I'm going to the bathroom, this but is no, the I future. just went to the store. This is the future. This is what texting is because it's terrible. You have, you have a thing in your pocket that tethers you to every other person constantly. Yeah. I think the trade off is that you get to just disappear. That's what I have decided. That, that is the opposite yeah, of I'm, how it feels to me. It's like, you fucking always have it. It's right there. Yeah, but it's, I it's like right there. You can't, that's my right. <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. not get it. Like, what I will not respond to is if someone like, watch this fucking 20 minute thing i'm like okay i'm gonna leave that unread until i have the time uh -huh. to deal with this they were not gonna you know. know if you read it but if we're in the middle of a conversation it's like oh here's a question and then we've been responding seconds apart <laughs> and then nothing for a day it's would, like well it be, fuck me would it be better if like it, it was just i don't really feel like answering right now but i will get yeah, back that, to i you mean that's my, my only other option is to be like i'm not quite sure how to respond to you right now I need to think. The end. Yeah. I mean, that. that this is, is like people that make up the answers to shit they don't know. Just say, I don't fucking know. I, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Let me get back to you on that. No. Mm. No. I because disagree. that doesn't hurt my feelings. That doesn't make me fucking crazy in the head. You were that way anyway. Even in. Well, yeah. And that exasperates it. I was like, I was doing fine. I was watching this fucking TV show. I wasn't thinking about <laughs> shit. I was just texting you. And now I'm not watching this fucking TV show. I got to rewind shit because I'm going, well, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> oh, I hate it. I hate it. Also, well, it's, it's... It's good that you know yourself. Yeah, it's a means to me... This is me communicating how I feel. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be impulsive in conversations, especially when it comes to stuff. Most of it is born from me having a lot of discussions with people lately that kind of make me mad and just talking about you fair sometimes and well and that's why i'm like did i fuck with him too hard god damn it i don't know well this is I the nature the of our relationship none of it yeah yeah then you said no no nothing you've never offended me you never bothered me you know like yeah that. it's not that it's just sometimes like, i don't okay, well, what know what to say to people <laughs> I, i'm like ah. yeah i love this yeah. can this just be the podcast oh my god because <laughs> well, i because you know i want to you know how we talk about how we like touch dicks that one time yeah you know i've been thinking about that for a long time <laughs> you gotta let it go yeah or don't um, we've on, moved on I, I have this I'm taking off the rope. Yeah, dude, it's getting hot in here. He's now fully disrobing. I can see his penis. It's is looking that, right at me. Uh, We're making eye contact, me and the penis. Uh, <laughs> he turned around. I can see his cinnabons. <laughs> There's been people like stuff at work or just anybody, really. If I get impulsive with my stuff, then I'm more likely to say something like more cutting. The quick to response part of my brain is like the most sarcastic dick part of me and i want to try to avoid that stuff did you mind is half here and half there growing up sucks yeah i just don't want to say those kind of things because i know that that's like a bad part of being sort of analytical 
You know, I don't yeah. want I don't want to hold people to like some of the other for some reason my head will retain like comments that people have made at different times and I'll be like, "Oh, I'm just Rolodex in this." Oh, that, you know, that was a contradictory statement or something. That's and like the classic couples argument sort of thing. Exactly. Like, I'm not holding on to this, but well, three I three summers ago you it. said yeah. that your mom was like <laughs> Yeah, and, like, and I oh, don't fuck. I don't want to I don't want to be like that. I don't want to say those kind of things. And then also sometimes and maybe you're right. Maybe I should just be like, I'm not quite sure what to say about that right now. Give me 12 days. And <laughs> because a lot of times, and there's been other things in my life lately where I just straight up don't know what to think about it. Like it's not something I've thought about before. I don't have my head wrapped around that. I shouldn't comment on that. It feels weirder to send a message that says that than to just not say anything. Yeah. So sometimes because it's like you're you just have this ongoing conversation with another person that's just always there. You don't have to necessarily say like I'm going to bed or let me think about it. Just like over and out. You'll answer when you have a thought. You yeah. Know? Well, you, a worthwhile thought. No, here's the thing. If someone sends me some big question like out of the blue, again, I might leave that unread overnight. Like if I get it something at ten o'clock at night or something, I'm like, oh well, I, I don't know. I you know. I need time to think about that, right? And so maybe I won't right away. But if we're mid-conversation, that's what fucking kills me, of talking to somebody, and I'm like, well, what the fuck happened? Did you get hit by a car? Like, Maybe, and it's your fault because he was texting. And yeah, talking. like, what it... <laughs> Did I kill you? I Write me back! <laughs> look, again, my brain will go through every conceivable scenario as to why the fuck I'm not getting a response here. Oh, man. I feel it just drives me fucking crazy. If you get a question that's semi-important out of the blue, you answer that. But then, like, if you're in the middle of a conversation, eventually one of you walks away and then you'll come back. If it's not, sure, if it's nothing, you know, if it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I like that one too. But if it's a question or if it's a thing that merits a definite response. I'm with Evan. He's just letting you like, think about your question. Like, should I have asked that question? Should I have asked a different question? I think about everything that's yeah, said. That's part always. of the, That's most of the people who've been proposing this stuff to me lately, I think. What, that are, you're bad at texting? Uh, <laughs> I have others no, jumped on the bandwagon. You. No, that's only you. Um, are the kind of people who who do don't the say kind black. Of, they, <laughs> you keep being racist on the show, and I'm not going to lie. I think the only thing racist is when you say that it's racist. I don't think I've said anything racist. Can we? I, I can keep, we go to the tape? I keep can you hearing play it. a clip right yeah. now. It's, <laughs> Damning. Yeah. What are you talking about? There were, you know, it was something about the Jews. I don't remember. Yeah, There's a bunch right. of things about. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. It's like dog whistle stuff. It's real subtle. Yeah, you know. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, Batman's a Jew now, by the way. I figure. I don't know if that's he's always been a Jew, but lately he's a Jew. So just watch what you say. That's cool. I'm done with this yeah. podcast. Is he for? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> is he? Uh, I'm not racist. Is he feeling the burn? Is that what it is? He's like, tax the shit out of me. I don't give a fuck. That's not a Jew thing. Now you're racist. You're Now you're visibly racist. <laughs> no, the most recent thing I watched on Bernie Sanders' page was a Jews for Bernie coalition thing. The, mo gonna, the most recent thing I watched on Bernie Sanders' page was a video where Batman came out and said, <laughs> Bruce Wayne. Tax the one person. Fully endorsed. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm going to stop the tape again. <laughs>